Energized by Celsius. Today is Tuesday, but it is our first podcast of the week, and we hope that everyone had a great holiday weekend. We are back, ready to go, because we were at Bucks OTAs, week three of OTAs, with a lot of action that went on there. I'm your host, Matt Matera, and joined with me is SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, we were both out there today watching another fun-filled practice a couple of uh, big names missing but nonetheless it's always fun to see football so scott how are you yeah. doing this afternoon i'm doing great it's always fun to be at the team facility watching football uh i prefer when the pads are on right yeah i prefer actually there. being at raymond james stadium rather than the team <laughs> facility but we'll take it however we can get it uh you mentioned some of the names uh that some some big names that were not at uh, the team facility to the Advent Health Training Center. We'll go through those uh, quickly, um, but there was one big name that was there today, and that was Warren Sapp. And uh, uh, Sapp was was there at the the request of uh, new head coach Todd Bowles. There he is. There's Sapp talking to Casey Rogers, the defensive line coach and co-defensive coordinator, along with Lori Locust, the assistant defensive line coach. Then you've got Will Golston, number 92, who was on the podcast last Thursday. Hope everyone enjoyed mm-hmm. that. That was newsworthy and fun having Will on, was it not, Matt? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, again, I thought going in we were going to have great answers and, um, you know, and good insight and feedback, and we got even more than that, yeah. which was the, the best <laughs> part. A lot of stuff about the Bucks and current players and stuff, yeah. but we, we got some hyperbole well too. We got some hyperbole about about Logan Hall from Will Goldstein, yeah. if we're being honest, right? I mean, and, and, that, yeah, and, and Scott, we got two ends of the spectrum. I mean, we got, yeah. uh, we got Noah Spence who with all due respect to Noah, De- Noah Spence, you don't really want Logan Hall to be compared to him, but right. on the opposite end of the spectrum, we got a comparison to JJ Watt, not the current JJ Watt, but JJ Watt <laughs> in his prime. His prime. <laughs> we're know. talking about one of the greatest defensive yeah. tackles of all time, yeah. So I, I love all Will. over the place there. But I love awesome. Will. He's a great quote. Uh, he's 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 a go-to guy when it comes to to players, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so at the same time, one of my other go-to guys is Warren Sapp. The other guy in the picture, number ninety-five, by the way, that's Deidrean Sanat, former USF Bulls nose tackle, who is now trying to make the team. Was with the Falcons the last couple of years, but that's that's Deidrean Sanat right there, number ninety-five. So I literally just got off the phone with Warren Sapp about four minutes ago, right when this podcast was uh, was kicking off. I ended the phone call with Warren. Going to be doing some um, uh, a feature on on a Logan Hall, and what I jotted down from what Sapp said, and this kind of goes to what Will Golston was saying, Matt, about about Logan Hall. Sapp is a huge fan. He got a chance to work with this guy today. And loved what he saw. He said, hostile, agile, mobile, eager to learn. And uh, he said, this kid's not nice. He's got some dog in him. He said, Gerald McCoy was too nice. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think I think this guy, he, he definitely has a fan, not just in Will Golston, not just in Todd Bowles and Jason Light, not just in Casey Rogers and Lori Locust, 
Warren Sapp is is a Logan Hall fan. And I'll tell you what, Matt, what, what that means is is so far so good. This kid's yet to put any pads on, but for him with his athleticism to be impressing so far uh, so quickly is really saying something. 100%. And I mean, it's already a seal of approval that Warren Sapp, who's an NFL Hall of Famer, who's in the Bucks Ring of Honor, arguably the greatest Buccaneer of all time on the field, depending on depending on who you ask. It's one thing just to get that seal of approval from him. But I think it's even more important, too, because as you just said, Sapp wasn't a huge fan of Gerald McCoy. Sapp hasn't been the nicest about Vita Vea when it comes yeah. to what he thinks of what he expects of Vita Vea. So it was interesting Warren, that, Matt, that Vita Vea yeah. wasn't there today. Maybe Sap would have had his mind changed, you know, if if uh, he was there. But but that that's one of of, of the defensive um, players that wasn't there. Another one, and we'll get to this quickly. I want to get back to your point, but uh, I do see some comments here. We would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the big news right yep. before we went on the podcast. The, the the Buccaneers signing Akeem Hicks, one of my favorite defensive linemen, longtime Bear, a 40 and a half career sack guy, went to the Pro Bowl in 2018. We'll have more on Akeem Hicks in, in just a little bit here on the show. But Matt, go ahead and finish your point. Yeah, I just want to say the fact that Sap isn't always the most complimentary of players. I mean, I remember last year when Sap was on this podcast, and we were talking about Christian Barmore, who ended up getting drafted by the Patriots, I believe. Yeah. And Warren Sapp went out and said, I work with this kid. If he gets drafted in the first round, I will stay off of social media for an entire year. And Sapp right. is pretty dialed into social media. He's got yeah. all of his Instagram hashtag Sapp not fishing and whatever he's doing. But you yeah. know what? He was spot on. Barmore did not go in the first round. So I guess That's the point right. I'm trying to make is Sapp, obviously, again, one of the greatest players of all time. So he knows a thing or two about playing defensive tackle. And yeah. so for him to actually be this complimentary about Hall, one, it surprises me a little bit. Not that I don't think Hall is a good player, but just because Sapp is a very harsh grader, because I think a lot of the times, yeah. too, he's he compares players to, like, try to get on, on Sapp's level. And that's just extremely tough to right. do because he's one of the greatest of all time. And it's interesting, too, that you said that Sapp said that he's a dog because we've heard, yeah. you know, Will Golson essentially yeah. mentioned that. And I asked Aaron Stinney today, too. I said, you know, what have you seen lining up against Logan Hall? And again, it's OTAs. Right. But he used the word dog as well, too. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a common theme when it comes to Logan Hall there. And that's nothing but great news when you when you hear it from multiple people, including a Hall of Famer. Right. Well, and I think the thing, too, is when you look at at, at Logan Hall, um, you know, Sometimes you look for little things, right, Matt? Sometimes it's you're you're trying to read between the lines and just kind of pick up on some little nuances and things like that. Uh, it's rare that the defensive lines get nicknames in college, right? Because you you, you can have the, the purple people eaters with the Minnesota yep. Vikings. You can have the Doomsday defense, the New York you know, Sack Exchange, New York Sack Exchange, exactly. The Steel Curtain with with Pittsburgh and their defensive front. Um, but in college, it's so hard because you're only there for you know four years tops, right? And a lot of good players leave yeah. after just a couple. I mean, Logan Hall was a, a junior leaving the Houston Cougars. But the Houston defensive line had a nickname called Sack Avenue, right? <laughs> and it just it kind of goes to that mentality a little bit, right? It's not just, hey, we're the Houston Cougars defensive line. It's like, no, 
like we're going to be all about getting to the quarterback. We're Sac Avenue, right? And it's just it's like a little oomph right there that that I think is cool. And it's just it's a mentality rushing the passer. You can say what you want about size, technique, all that stuff. It, it, it's a mentality. It's doing whatever you can to get the quarterback on the ground on those passing downs. And so this kid has it. And we've heard from now Sap and and uh, and Aaron Stinney, as you mentioned today. And obviously, Jason Light, Todd Bowles, they're going to be complimentary. They just invested their first pick in this guy at the top of the second round. So mm-hmm. you know they're going to be biased. But to have someone, Matt, like you said, Warren Sapp, who just doesn't throw out compliments, you got to earn it. Like he has to see it and believe it. Uh, you know, Sapp is not one to BS, right? He will shoot you straight. So to hear that, I, I think it's it's very promising, right? It's 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 a good sign for this kid. I'm excited to see him in pads. Can't wait to see him, even in these preseason games, to to see him under the lights and see what he can do. I can't wait. And here's uh, Todd Bowles talking about having Warren Sapp at Bucks OTAs today. Observations of him today? Uh, me and him have a good relationship. And, you know, wanted to bring him in just to teach the D-line a few things. Coach Rogers and Coach Lowe for all for it. So thought it would be a good idea to learn from a guy that's done it recently or recent, more recent than the coaches have. And it would be good for the guys to hear and see a different perspective. And then Bowles also goes in detail about Logan Hall here as well. So also a little side video at the end too. Todd Bowles talking about if he's going to watch Todd uh, Tom Brady watching the match, but most of it's about Logan Hall. Where have you seen any type of improvement from him? Well, we like the athleticism. Uh, he's learning how to play with his pads lower, you know, taking on double teams and understanding when to drop his knee and not just bouncing up, rushing the passer. But he's a, he's a very good athlete. We haven't had that kind of athlete inside in a while since we've been here. So. We just look forward to him getting better and better scheme-wide and then taking advantage of his athleticism. You plan on watching Tom during the match? Uh, if I'm not in meetings, I'll catch him. I'll catch him around or two. you play golf with him? I don't, I don't think I'm good enough right now. <laughs> <laughs> but how – yeah, the last part is funny. And, that, again, that goes yeah. back to the, the comedy side of Todd Bowles. Right. But I think the important quote that he had in there is, we haven't had an athlete like that in quite a while since we've been here. Yeah. He's talking about the defensive yeah. line. But again, Todd Bowles has worked with Indomitian Sue, and he's worked with Vita Vea over the past couple yeah. of years. So to say something like that about Logan Hall, I think speaks – it's a ringing endorsement for him. Right, for it, it is. And and uh, it's it's not to say that, that Vita Vea is not athletic, right? He's a freak, yeah. but he's he also 350, right? So he's he's a different kind of athlete. Then, then Logan Hall is around 290, right? And so, uh, just in terms of movement, and we've seen it. You can kind of see when he do, when he does the the bag drills. You can see the fluidity, and uh, you know, I, I I asked Warren uh, today because obviously he's worked with Gerald McCoy before, and and listen, Gerald McCoy is a six time Pro Bowler for the Buccaneers back in the day, was a, a very good player. And Logan Hall, again, is yet to play it down in the NFL. I don't want to make too much of this. But Sapp pretty much said that that this kid just has the athleticism that, that Todd Bowles is talking about. He's the real deal when it comes to that. The movement, the fluidity, and he's a willing learner. He comes in and just like soaks it up like a sponge. He, he doesn't have all the answers, and he knows that. So uh, 
I, I got the sense that I'm going to be having lunch with Warren Sapp, I think, tomorrow. I'll get more information from him about not just Hall, but the other defensive linemen that, that he worked with today. But um, it's, again, it's so so far so good for for Hall. And, I mean, Warren Sapp, one of the best pass rushers, not just in Tampa Bay history, but in the NFL, certainly at the defensive tackle position. Different body types, different eras, I get that. But <laughs> uh, Warren Sapp knows how to get to the quarterback. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see Todd Bowles embrace Sapp the way he has those two have a good history as, as you played in the video, Matt, and we might see some more Warren Sapp, you know, at, 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 at these practices, I think, I think Sapp's in town all week and we'll be out at the OTAs tomorrow and Thursday. Don't hold me to that. I think that's the case. We won't be out there because Matt today was the only OTA open to the media before next week's um, mini camp. Who, who were some of the people that were, that were there and not there today? Yeah, so as, as far as players that were there, the first time that we saw this entire OTAs in terms of open to the media, Carlton Davis was back today. He mm -hmm. obviously signed the big contract in the offseason. That was the ongoing saga, him and Chris Godwin, who's going to uh, get the big contract. And they both did. So Carlton Davis, it was great seeing him out there. Sean Murphy bunting. Overall, the secondary was very, very well represented. Antoine Winfield Jr. wasn't there, but outside of that, Everyone else, all the key starters in the secondary were there. SMB, we missed him last week. Yeah, He was there the first week, I believe, but right. um, missed him last week. He was back. Keanu Neal was there. Logan Ryan. Um, Mike Edwards. So all the secondary was there. But outside of that, it was kind of slim picking. So yeah. Well, uh, it, it was it was even thinner at the outside linebacker position because Shaq Barrett, who's very close with Warren Sapp, they communicate a lot. Barrett wasn't there. Neither was... Go try and show Inca and Anthony Nelson was there, but he was not participating. I believe he had an, an injury or something like that. So it was really the Cam Gill and the Elijah Ponder show at outside linebacker today. And they both had a sack. And you know what? Mm -hmm. That's what you got to do in these situations. Again, OTAs, no padding. That, let's just, that's an overarching thing. It's OTAs. Yeah. There's no padding. We don't have to keep bringing it up. Yeah. But they got the opportunities and they, they both came away with the sack. I know Cam Gill. It wasn't against Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs because neither yes. one was there, but still, we're going to yeah. give him credit. Also on defense, Devin White was not there. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't seen Levante David yet. And yeah, offensively, no Leonard Fournette still. Tom Brady obviously is a little bit busy. He's got the match tomorrow, uh, as you saw Todd Balls <laughs> yeah. talk about a little bit. So he was a little bit busy. No Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin, no Russell Gage. Mm -hmm. um, pretty much all the other wide receivers were there. Travis Johnson obviously got yeah. cut today so he was not there and they, i think um, once again you i stopped you on wide receivers matt um you and i both noted and it's also bailey adams out there today from pewter report scotty miller continues to impress scotty miller so far might be the best receiver that's been out there and granted the slip picking maybe cam Brate. cam Brate's been the ultimate <laughs> security blanket and i thought he had a great day like he caught half cam the passes Brate. To, to all the you know receivers that were out there today. from who who was he catching passes from the Blaine train Blaine, Blaine Gap yeah but Scott to, to go back to Scotty Miller today he made it wasn't just one play that stood out it was multiple plays and mm -hmm. it started off early and I understand Carlton Davis hasn't been there this might have been his first practice I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure but he juked Carlton Davis out of his shoes he on did, a yeah. you know on a short intermediate wrap to the sideline he yeah. had he had Carlton in a blender, just spinning yeah. 
all over the place. So so much so that that Sapp ran off the the sidelines and gave him a high five. Yeah, <laughs> it was like he was super impressed with and Miller. Sapp, and Sapp doesn't root for the offense. Come on, he's Correct. a defensive guy. He's not yeah. going to root for the offense. So he made that great play. He uh, caught a deep ball from Kyle Trask in seven on sevens. Again, just typical Scotty using the speed yeah. goes right by the defense. So great play there. And then probably his most impressive play was he made a diving catch on the sidelines as well, too. And those yeah. are the improvements that we've wanted to see from Scotty Miller mm-hmm. is show something a little bit more That's than right. just the deep ball threat down the field. So Scotty is doing yeah. exactly what he needs to do. We've heard Byron Leftwich talk about this. We've heard Todd Bowles talk you know about what? this. And, he just and looks old school, Scotty. You're right. And, and to your here. point, Matt, it, to quote Bruce Arians, because Arians would would kind of say this, right? He, he's got to make the grimy catches. Yep. We know we know Scotty can go deep, but we, we got to see him make those grimy plays, the grimy catches, and that's exactly what you're talking about there, Matt. One million percent. Um, yeah. So I thought Scotty was great. Jalen Darden had another play where he mm-hmm. scored where he scored a touchdown. So. Um, seeing those little improvements from Jalen Darden as well, too. And one thing that you can improve, whether it's your diet or just overall improve your day, is eating a uh, Celsius fast energy bar. Ain't that right, Scott? Yeah, th- their protein bars are tremendous. And and uh, and Matt, we actually had some today. I brought some for the crew. Yeah, so we, appreciate we had the it. White chocolate cookies and cream, a fast brand protein bar, and. And folks, uh, if it looks good, it tastes even better. I'm telling you. I mean, those pictures are as spot on accurate as you can get. They look like candy bars. They taste like them. But the great thing is they're low in sugar. They're packed with the protein that you need. And perhaps more importantly, this is the last day to get them with $5 off. So go to Amazon.com and order the 12-pack protein bar from Fast Brand. Uh, They're affiliated with Celsius. And get five dollars off. That promo code is fa- five fast lane. Five fast lane will get you off uh, five dollars towards your your purchase of a twelve pack of the best tasting protein bars that you're going to get. Two fantastic flavors uh, today. We had the white chocolate cookies and cream. I think you and, and Bailey were were uh, munching them down as fast as I was today. So yeah. Good stuff. It- from fast it, it helped me so much because i did not have any food to that point so it got me through the rest of the work day and that's exactly what you get with the celsius fast bar so shout out to celsius uh, another guy that's going to be moving fast we just talked about logan hall a little bit mm-hmm. but let's get into the akeem hicks that the yes. akeem hicks signing that was a huge deal today uh, adam Schefter first reported it as he does yep. with uh, a lot of these things so it's a one-year deal worth up to 10 million dollars which was a little I don't want to necessarily say surprising, but I just think when we talk about Sue and whether or not he's going to come back, we talked a lot about how his contract last year was nine million. He mm-hmm. probably wants more. The Bucks want to give him less than that, and then they go out and sign Hicks, which I think I, we're all in agreement here. Like it, it's a great move. Yeah, there's obviously concerns about his injury history, where Sue has had right. no injury history at all. Correct. Yeah, um, this this guy's played in 29 games in the past three seasons. So that's yeah. a little, little concerning What you do like about Hicks and, and he did play in nine last year. He played in 15 in 2020 in the season before, and then just five in 2019, but he, he played before that in his first three years in Chicago in 2016, 2017 and 2018, he played every single game, including uh, the 2018 season, which was his lone pro bowl year. He had seven and a half sacks, 55 tackles, three forced fumbles that year. Over yeah. the last 
three years, one sack in 2019 in five games, three and a half sacks in 15 games in 2020, and then three and a half sacks again last year. So I think what you're getting is you're getting a, a player who is younger. He's 32. Mm-hmm. He has had some injury issues, but he, he's even bigger than Dominican Sue. He's 6'4", 335 pounds. He can play the three technique. He can also play Will Golston's defensive end position, which is that three-eye, four-eye technique player. So he brings some versatility there. He's certainly an upgrade over Steve McClendon, and I think that's how we have to kind of look at this, is this is not really uh, swapping out Sue for Hicks. This is really swapping out McClendon for Hicks because Logan Hall is actually replacing Ndamukong Sue. But Hall is yet to play down in the league. This guy is a 10 or 10 or 11 year veteran. Right. So it goes back to, and we talked about this at the secondary where you have the insurance policies of Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal in case SMB struggles or Mike Edwards struggles. So this right. is essentially what Tampa Bay is doing along the defensive line. But obviously Hicks is, is an upgrade over yeah. McClendon and McClendon. They got, you know, in a trade from the jets a couple seasons ago, uh, Hicks is clearly a little more expensive than that, but I think yeah. it. Well, and it, provides... we'll see how we'll see how the contract shakes out, right? It's yeah. up to ten million, and, and that's what the agents say because it looks right. like the most that's lucrative type of thing. Classic Drew Rosenhouse, right there. It is. I mean, this could very well be a five million dollar deal when it's all said and done with five million in incentives. All right. Well, the, over the next twenty four hours, the contract details will come out. I'm sure Drew wants to marinate on the fact that this is worth up to $10 million right now, but then the truth will come out. And we, speaking of money, we appreciate the, the super chat there. Leo. You, Leo. Yeah. Hicks and Bea, good luck opposing offensive lines. This, this is a big dude that, that has experience in the three, four defense playing in Chicago. And, uh, and I, I like this move. This is a move I've kind of uh, pined for a little bit, mentioned him in a, in a recent uh, PR mailbag as a defensive tackle candidate they could go after. So, Matt, when when the news came down, we were sitting there side by side at the Advent Health training facility. I was like, oh, yeah, like this. This is a good move. I, I really like this. That's right. You called it. So shout out to you, Scott, for for making that call. And, and I think, again, this goes into the the formula, the plan that the Bucks have put in place or have wanted to put in place going all the way back to the combine when we spoke to, I guess, now then head coach yeah. Bruce Arians before. Uh, you know, he retired and and Todd Bowles became the head coach, but they wanted someone that's quicker, got that quick first step. And yeah. they obviously addressed that with Logan Hall. And Logan Hall is going to be a big time contributor on this team. I don't think it's going to be like a Joe Tryon Charyanka having to wait for JPP and then he can right. get his opportunity. D lines tend to rotate more anyway, as it is. But I think with Hicks, too, and we talked about how Sue, while still productive, yeah, maybe not for the price tag that uh, that he's looking to get. Sue still lost a step in terms of he wasn't able to go laterally as much or, yeah. or change that direction if, if there's a sweep one way or another. I think, again, if healthy and healthy is health is a is a big sign of all of this. But when he's able to go, Hicks has that motor. He's able to yeah. move probably a little bit more than what Tampa Bay is looking for with Ndombic and Sue. And of course, when you get younger, and we've talked about how the Bucs need to get younger, 32 obviously isn't, you know, like drafting another 22-year-old or something like that. But right. you're still helping a core nucleus of this team where he can make an impact this year. It's not going to inhibit Logan Hall. 
in terms of getting reps and experience. It's an insurance policy, but I also think it can help Logan Hall too. Just getting yeah, another veteran no in doubt. there that can really show him the way. We've talked about how Bita Bea is going to take more of that role, but it's still being a leader isn't just okay. You snap your fingers and you're ready to go. Like all of a sudden yeah. you're a leader. I think it's going to be nothing but great to have another veteran presence in there and. Warren Sapps in his ear already, too. So, overall, yeah. I think this is great for the Bucs. It, it addresses – I know Hall addresses the Sioux situation, but it addresses just the overall depth. And I think Bucs fans should be really happy with what's going on here. I agree. And you're right. I mean, there's there's Akeem Hicks right there in the middle of that huddle. I mean, he's he's a well-respected leader. This this team is fired up. I've already had some some texts uh, about this, this signing today from the people in – it, let's just say the Bucks brass, yeah. and they're they're very fired up about this addition, and and I am too. And uh, yes, Logan Hall replacing Sewer some big words, but that's that's a fact. That's what Todd Bowles believes. Uh, Will Golston said it. Now we have Warren Sapp saying it. Uh, it's going to take some time. Um, listen, I'm a sack guy. I think we even talked about this today at practice, right? Um, I, I I like sacks. I like sacks better than pressures. Um, pressures. Um, Pressures can be tricky, right? Because uh, Ndamukong Sue got pressure. It, it counts as a pressure on Matthew Stafford when he was in his face while Stafford was hitting Cooper Cup with a, a 40-yard bomb or 44, whatever it was, right? Yeah. Uh, to set up the game-winning field goal. Still counts as a pressure. Did it work? Was it a negative play? No. Sacks are always negative plays. Having said that, sacks are just – one particular play in a game and third down sacks count more than first or second down sacks. What I mean by that is this, let's, let's say Logan Hall comes out and gets 10 sacks this year as a rookie, which would be seven more than Warren Sapp, by the way, uh, that, that got in his, in uh, his rookie season in 1995, the sack leader for all rookies, the record was Santana Dotson for Tampa Bay in 1992. And those sacks were kind of inconsequential because the Bucks ended up with a double-digit losing season that year, and that those those were ten plays, Matt. Right? Those sacks were just ten plays out of the four or five hundred plays, however many he played that year during his rookie season. So we'll see, right? Um, uh, Will Golston believes that that Logan Hall can have six sacks this year if if you're stat watching and you're you're evaluating players based on. The, the box scores, uh, I think Logan Hall could get six sacks, and that would match Indomitian Sue's production. The Bucks will tell you that some of those plays that, that Sue got those sacks were good plays. Some of those other plays were, should we say, fortunate plays. So we'll see. When it comes to Akeem Hicks, uh, pro football focus, again, take it with a grain of salt. Um, uh, he had a, a 72.3 grade last year. That was pretty good, actually. That's that's a, a high grade for, um, for for defensive linemen. A 66 grade in 2020 and 2019, uh, 76.7, and that Pro Bowl year a 91.7, which was an elite grade. So this is a guy that, that when he's healthy, he still has some some gas left in the tank, and, and I think that's what the Bucks are counting on. Not even him being a starter, but just a rotational player. Maybe that that ha- having less wear and tear and playing more Will Golston and more Logan Hall and, and more Vita Vea and a little bit less Akeem Hicks. Maybe that's the magic formula to keep this guy healthy. 
Sure. Yeah, I think that's important with anyone that's really had an injury history. But I think the Bucks, you know, you talk about their sports science team and Todd Bowles even spoke about that a little bit today where he was talking about how most of the practices will be the same. They might focus a little bit more when it comes to stretching and stuff like that because of the yeah. soft tissue injuries. I, I think overall the Bucs do a great job of ma- maintaining the health of their players to as much as they can. You know, if yeah. a player falls and breaks their arm, there's only so much that you can do right. with that. But to, to your point as well about just the different degrees of pressures and sacks, that's why, you know, stats obviously can help tell a story, but it's not always the whole story. And I think you bring a good point about the pressures too, is that there's different types of pressures. Like you just mentioned with Sue, like yeah. you get in a quarterback's face, he still gets the pass. I think if you look to, if you go back to the Super Bowl, you know, Shaq Barrett had over, he had one sack, but he had over 10 pressures, but they were very helpful. Those were quality pressures. pressures. Yeah, yeah, they were quality, quality. pressures yeah. where Mahomes is running all over the place. We know, we've all watched the Super Bowl. We know what happened there. But yeah, yeah I really think that's important to, to detail when it, when it comes to the, the type of impact and effect that players can have. Yeah, I, I agree. So, um, you know, so I, I like this move. Uh, I still think the Buccaneers, and, and we see Leo there. Uh, all we need is Gronk and another receiver. Uh, a lot of a lot of Gronk comments in there. I, I, I think it's going to boil down to this, Matt. We're either going to see Rob Gronkowski sign a contract before next Tuesday and then be out there for the mandatory minicamp, or we're not going to see Gronkowski until the first day of training camp. And he signs probably on the eve of training camp, and uh, and and enjoys the summer. So I just wonder if if Gronk wants to have uh, you know the rest of his summer off, or if he's willing to give the Buccaneers and Tom Brady three days of his time over the next couple of months here before training camp begins. So I, I think it's going to come down to that for for Rob. It's it's. Do you do you want to be in the mandatory minicamp or not? It doesn't really matter. Wow, right? I, I'm that I'm surprised. I I th- I don't think he's signing before mandatory minicamp because I like I don't know why. If you're Gronk, well, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like he's he's either going to be there for mandatory minicamp next week, right? Yeah, or he's going to be there. For the start of training, no, nah, I, I see him still enjoying himself. Like, yeah. you're you're a long you enough veteran, camp, you, right? You've won multiple Super Bowls. Why put yourself through that if you don't necessarily have to? Just you know, go and get ready for a training camp. It's not like the Bucks going to be like, no, please come for mini camp. We need you for mandatory mini camp. Tom might, right? <laughs> yeah, but they're probably throwing on the side anyway. You know, we, yeah, we he's already he's that. already done that, right? He's already exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's already so, got his Gronk time in. Yeah, right. he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be there for that, and I don't think anyone's going to force it. I think Tom would be like, all right, you don't have to go to mandatory minicamp. Just be there. That Gronk reminds me of Allen Iverson. <laughs> That's a good quote. Practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Uh, another right. thing I do want to talk to you guys about, though, is underdog fantasy. Uh, guys, if you don't already know about underdog fantasy, um, it is the best place to play fantasy football this summer, because you got, as you see on the screen there, Best Ball Mania 3. And guys, you have to get in on this. They have up to $10 million in prizes. And the earlier that you draft, the better. Because last year's winner, who won over $2 million at Best Ball Mania, they drafted their team in June. There's a lot of advantages that come with drafting early because there's certain guys when training camp comes around, the secret gets let out about them. Oh, hey, they're going to be the, you know, the next big thing in fantasy football. 
their value decreases by the better that they get. They start getting drafted in earlier and earlier rounds. Uh, by drafting earlier in June, you don't have those under the radar guys. Yet, so you can get way better value for that. Um, best part is you just draft your fantasy football team and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades, no in-season management. And Underdog Fantasy gives you your best score each week of the season and the highest scores at the end of the year will win. Uh, the champion of Best Bowl Mania last year, again, drafted in June. So there's no time like the present to join Underdog Fantasy and take your shot at a multi-million dollar draft. Plus, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code Pewter. That's four free entries into Best Ball Mania 3. So what are you waiting for? Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store, sign up for Underdog with the promo code Pewter, and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. That's Underdog Fantasy with the promo code Pewter. I believe they're closing in on 41,000 signups for Best Ball Mania 3. And if you think, oh, that's that's too much competition, they have other leagues too you can do for $3, yeah. $5, $6. And we'll have a lot of Pewter Report leagues going up yes. uh, closer to the season, so be on the lookout for that as well. Underdog yep. Fantasy, promo code Pewter. And and also too, what I what I like because I I haven't I, I haven't decided yet with how how quickly I want to do my my fantasy football selections. I'm usually one of those guys that like to wait. I'm not encouraging you to wait because, like you said, the two million dollar winner selected his team back in June. So there are some advantages to doing it early. But one thing I do is the pick'em games on underdog fantasy, especially for hockey. I've come so close to winning a couple hundred dollars. It's it's not been the lightning. I've picked those guys correctly every night. It's been the opponent. So we'll see if I fare better because you got to pick at least one guy from each team. I'm going to have to study up on the Rangers who are now playing the, the Tampa Bay Lightning these two Ooh. conference final. Exactly. Who <laughs> Rangers. And and we'll see. But I'll, I'll cross your fingers. I'm going to be playing underdog fantasy, my pickums. Uh, the over-unders, the entire series. So we'll see how we do. Scott, one guy you wish that you could pick, but unfortunately I don't think he's going to be playing too much this season, is Blaine Gabbard. But yeah. we have gotten to see Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask over the last couple of OTAs, including today's OTAs. And we haven't talked about the quarterbacks really at all yeah. on today's podcast because there was a lot of great stuff going on. But overall, watching Gabbard and Trask today, what would your – assessment be of uh just their overall play in this game or this well day. i appreciate the craftiness of blaine gabbard um because he only looks for <laughs> cambrate it's like yeah i mean you know when you want a completion you go to cambrate that's the veteran that's that's the guy who knows the offense knows where to you know to run the routes and so it's almost like a cheat code like i don't know how much i can really evaluate blaine gabbard because i feel like he's cheating because every drop back he's looking for cam Cam's beating some linebacker, you know, not named Devin White because Devin White's not out there. But Cam Braid is is winning those those routes and and making the catch. And so I have to give up for Blaine Gabbert for being crafty and and savvy as a veteran. It's a veteran move, but at the same time, you don't really see much more than that. So I'm a little disappointed. I hate to say that because I am the conductor of the Blaine train, but I, I it just. I want to see Blaine do a little bit more. And I have to give Kyle Trask some, some credit. He pushes the ball uh, all over the field and, um, uh, and 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 hits different targets, right? I mean, uh, uh, we saw Brashad Perriman with a catch. Uh, uh, Scotty Miller, Jalen Dar yeah. Darden had, had a catch too. So I, 
and that's good for Trask because he needs that, Matt. He needs to to find that happy medium between I'm going to make a big play here, but I'm going to be careful with the ball here, right? And so practice is is it's a kind of a double edged sword for Trask, right? Because he's trying to impress enough to earn more training camp reps. And you do that at the quarterback position by what? Cutting down on the on the mental mistakes, the mental errors, the interceptions. So on one hand, he wants to do that is to keep those at a bare minimum. The other hand, Matt, is practice is it, it's the place where you can see what you can do. Can I rifle yeah. the ball in there? Right? Um, can I? You know? Can I? Can I drive my throw and 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 you know hit this deep out? Um, before the receiver makes his cut? Do I have enough arm strength to get it there? Or do I have to wait for him to make that cut and then I throw it, right? Those are the things that you need to kind of work out in practice. But if you do that and you you push the envelope, even though you, that's where you're supposed to do it, that's the testing ground, that's the Petri dish, but you throw those interceptions, then, then I think it comes back to bite you in the eyes of the coaches because they're like, ah, wow, you know, I understand what he's trying to do and Mm-hmm. And, and test things, but boy, he's throwing a lot of picks. But we haven't seen that, at least on the open OTA days, Matt. We really haven't seen a lot of mistakes. And I think even Todd Bowles was saying today that that uh, that that's what's been missing is is the mistakes. And you've seen the confidence from Kyle Trask, and that's that's encouraging. And here's Todd Bowles talking about how Kyle Trask did today. You guys are putting on your outside linebackers, your defensive line. Well, it's important because we got a lot of three-step drops last year, and the ball was coming out quick. So even if you were clean, you weren't. That's the wrong video. You guys are putting on your outside linebacker. Okay, I must have uploaded the wrong the wrong That's video. Right. No worries. I apologize about that. But Scott, I think you make a terrific point because it it did feel like at times, and I'm not trying to diss Blaine here, but it just yeah. does kind of seem like. Blaine just kind of does the bare minimum of, all right, this guy's going across underneath. I'm just going to dump the ball off to him. Call the day. At least, you know, the Cam Bray plays, at least Cam is is down the middle of the field. They connected on one of the the longest plays, like early in practice. And, of course, you know, Cam's going to do his thing. Where Trask, and again, talking about, you know, trying to get guys – um, trying to, like, see what you can do, see what you can't do, what you can – get away with. I remember Zach Wilson talking about that too, but with Trask last week, he was getting away with those tight window throws, you know, getting it Mm -hmm. into traffic, getting it a second before some of the other guys in the secondary were there. Right. Today, that was just, it just wasn't the case. You know, he threw into Mm -hmm. traffic a lot. There was a lot of those, Oh, what what are you doing? What are you, what are you throwing at? You know, there was a, a series where he had, you know, each time he was out there, there was at least like three passes that were broken up. One was by right. Zion McCollum. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, come on, man. And, and, yeah. and Logan Ryan should have had an interception. He anticipated right. anticipated the play very well, went up, tried to make the catch, and just, you know, yeah. wasn't able to do it. But um, he yeah, didn't have an interception, though. He it didn't was have an interception. I think the closest one was was the Logan Ryan play you're talking about. Um but yeah. but again, it's it's trying to find that balance between making a play, and and also too the chemistry, right? It's like uh, th- th- this this is year two for Kyle Trask, but in practice, remember as the number two quarterback, Blaine Gabbert is throwing to Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson and Brashard Perriman, right, and mm-hmm. and Jalen Darden and these these players. So he's got 
a, a, a such better grasp of of chemistry and relationship with these receivers in terms of knowing that this guy likes to run off his routes, right? Uh, this guy has a smaller catch radius because he's shorter, right? Than than this guy, um, Rashard Perriman will he's a better leaper. He'll go up and get the ball. Maybe where a Scotty Miller can't or won't. So I, I think that's part of it too. Is Kyle Trask is still learning these receivers because last year he wasn't even really the scout team quarterback except when Tom Brady took the day off. Ryan Griffin was the scout team quarterback. So there were plenty of practices where the only throws that Kyle Trask made during the fall, Matt, were in individual, you know, warm-ups and workouts. It wasn't in anything in it in the team concept. And then if he was running the Buck Scout team and running the cards is what they, they call them, when you're running the other team's offense, you're not running what you're going to be running in OTAs, which is the Bucks offense. So th- th- this this has been a, a, a good look. At, at Kyle Trask, and we've only had three practices to look at ourselves. Exactly. You know, and I think Tom Brady's he'll obviously be back next week. It'll be interesting to see with Brady back how many reps Brady actually gets or commands, and then how much Trask ends up getting. In the three practices we've seen, Ryan Griffin has thrown hardly a pass at all if he has Besides thrown any passes. Up. Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised too. When Brady comes back next week, if we see Brady get the lion's share of, of reps or whatever whatever that is for him, right? Brady's going to want to get some timing down with these receivers. Hey, if I'm going to show up, I'm going to I'm going to throw the ball on the starting quarterback. I get that, right, Matt? But I wouldn't be surprised if the next three practices during that that mandatory minicamp next week, if we see more Kyle Trask and less Blaine Gabbert in that instance too, right? Yeah. I thought it was crazy too, that only Gabbert had an interception today and it happened to Troy Warner got the interception that the pass was broken up and it was a tip ball. Yeah. Yeah. And he was able to get it. But to your point, Trask, not only is he working with, you know, the threes, fours and fives, but he's still working with a different group almost every time. Like we saw Jared Stearns, one of the guys that he had been thrown to a lot. He didn't even, he didn't practice today. So that's another player that you're not necessarily, um, you know, yeah. you had that chemistry with that guy. You're not getting it anymore. And I think, too, with Blaine Gabbard, as much as we love Blaine, we know what we're getting with him at this point, too. Right. You know, I don't think you're going to be shocked by anything. And, like, I don't know. I feel pretty confident where if the Bucks had to win a game and mm-hmm. Brady wasn't available for whatever reason, I'd be fine with putting Blaine Gabbard in and being like, all right, don't screw it up. Just do what you need right. to do. Do yes. what you did in that game against the Lions towards the end of the season right. two years ago when Brady only played till the half because they were winning by so much. Mm-hmm. Gabbard you know went what? in there, and he was fine. He threw yep. two touchdowns. But they need to find out what they have with Trask because we talked about this a lot where they can't be in the situation next year. We'll see what happens with Brady. But they yep. can't go into next year being like, oh, another red shirt year. We don't know what's going on. Right, yeah, because it they- could be huge. <laughs> Then you're in year three, and you only have the guy for four years, right? Yeah, you're a rookie yeah. deal, so you got to find out at some point. I agree, and and I, I think too you're going to see Kyle Trask take the majority of these preseason reps as well. Brady is going to get get his. I think you might even see less Blaine Gabbert during the preseason as well because of what you said. They know what they have in Blaine, and and at the same time too, I I think that if you remember back in the Falcons game, right? 
how Bruce Arians always likes to, to, you know, no risk it, no biscuit, push the envelope. Yeah. And the Buccaneers were up, uh, you know, by two touchdowns in Atlanta and they're back, what, at their own five, seven, 10 yard line, whatever it was. Brady throws a yeah. spring pass that gets picked off for a pick six. And, uh, and all of a sudden that's a seven point game at halftime. I just wonder if Todd Bowles in that instance tells Byron Leftwich, Hey, we're, we're going to take the lead to the half, you know, like, and that's it. And, yeah. and certainly if Blaine Gabbard is, is in the, the games at those point in time, it's how many times have we are, we already heard it with Todd Bowles as the new head coach. We're going to do whatever we have to do to win the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I don't care if we throw it 50 times or yep. we run it 55 times. We'll throw it a hundred times if we need to. And I yep. think too, that's a, let, let's remember, I believe it was Arian's first year as head coach. So Jameis was the quarterback, but Blaine Gabbert, if I'm not mistaken, got hurt in the preseason. He did. Yeah. 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 He separated and, his shoulder or had right. shoulder surgery was out for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he was out for, as you just said, a, a very, very long time. I don't obviously Brady doesn't need to play, but he's the ultimate competitor. He'll probably get to play a little bit. I don't need to see Blaine Gabbard out there. And I'm sure like he'll go and play in some of the preseason, but yeah, I would love a situation where Kyle Trask plays three quarters of a game in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in the preseason or the bucks are up by 70 points and they're like, okay, let's get Kyle Trask. Yeah. I'm with you. And and I I think, I think the big thing for the Buccaneers this year is they have to make Trask the number three, right? That they've they've got to they've got to do what they can to to get him um, at least dressed for a game, and and that's tough, right? Because the special teams and all that, and you know, a lot of teams like to dress two quarterbacks and they have an emergency quarterback who, interestingly enough, is Cam Brate. But yeah, uh, but we'll see. Uh, good question here uh, from um, MN Seven Miami, Matt and Scott. Who do you think rounds out the wide receivers? We obviously have Evans, Godwin, and Gage. I'm thinking Scotty and Tyler make it, but I really don't know about that six spot. So many options. Yeah. And and I will say this right now, I agree with Matt. Scotty Miller is lighting it up. He looks like the Scotty yes. of old. At the same time, Jalen Darden was blowing the doors off the barn until the pads came on in training camp. So with wide receivers, I've just seen it enough. Kenny Bell was another guy back in the day that just was toasting people looked like yeah looked like a starting caliber wide receiver as a fifth round pick out of Nebraska his rookie year and I think he fumbled the the opening kickoff in the preseason and his confidence just went down the tubes so uh, it's tough to say right now I'm gonna I'm gonna feel better making those those observations and those analysis Matt when the pads come on in training camp rather than just running around playing flag football like they are right now. Yeah. I think that's something to take notice of too, when the pads come on, because we don't see too many wide receivers blocking right now. And I think that I, that might not make a difference between wide receiver four and five, but it could make a difference between, you know, a younger wide receiver making these, making the sixth spot or being a practice squad guy. And that's how I ultimately think it will go down. I I think Tyler Johnson makes it, I think Scotty makes it, and Jalen Darden is too early to, to to give up on. I have a feeling Rashad Perryman's going to make the roster, even though I'm not very high on Rashad yeah. Perryman. And you know, but I, I don't think they're going to keep seven receivers though. They, is, they 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 might with an asterisk if Chris Godwin can't start the season, right? If he's on PUP, true. then then you might see that that guy, or even if he's practicing, 
and misses the preseason and there's they're just concerned a little bit like he's not you know back to 100%. They might you might see the Buccaneers start with seven wide receivers then when Godwin gets back in the flow and they and everybody feels good about it then they they pair the roster down and then you know move a, a receiver to the practice squad maybe. So I could see that happening. And at the same time too, I don't think that this team is ruled out signing another wide receiver especially you know, at the end of June, uh, or I should say at the end of the mandatory minicamp, they're going to get an assessment on where Chris Godwin is mm-hmm. from the team's medical staff. And, you know, that you, might, be... you, you might see Julio Jones signing. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you you might get your wish. Fans yeah. out there that want to see it. Any, any veteran signing, I think, would be so interesting because it completely throws uh, a curveball into the mix of, Oh, all right. Well, now you got this new veteran. Does that mean Scotty's going to make it? Does it right. mean some of the other guys that we just mentioned would make it? Like if they sign Julio Jones, he's he's automatically number four. Yeah, you Correct. know. So yeah, that just bumps everyone down too. But I was going to say as well, and sure, we'll see what happens with Julio Jones. That would be great. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think any of these undrafted free agents are going to necessarily make. The roster, and I think there's right. some interesting ones: Jared Stearns, mm-hmm. uh, Devin Tompkins, and yeah, nice Kalen, catch today. yeah, and uh, Kalen Geiger. I don't necessarily see one of them making the the 53 man roster, but I can totally see one of them on the yeah. uh, uh, on the practice squad and maybe getting an opportunity if you know if injuries come about. Yeah. But um, it, it's an open competition, so I, I think that's the exciting part of it. Correct. Yeah, N- another player that that is getting some rave reviews. Um, that from what my sources have told me, especially on the days where we're not there, uh, Tyler Johnson looking very well. That's something that Will Golston said on Thursday. Yes. Uh, Jalen Darden has impressed Scotty Miller uh, and Rashad White. Uh, we we actually talked uh, today um, to Kyle Trask, who uh, was very impressed with, with him catching the ball. And uh, yeah, we we led with that for the Bucks mailbag, uh, the money mailbag yesterday. And Rashad White's the truth, man. This, this guy is going to be good. Uh, they used him on, on a nice screen pass today. He just looks so natural, not just catching the ball. He catches the ball so effortlessly, but just setting up the blocks and the screens and just slithered through some some defenders. Obviously, there's no tackling, right? This is OTA, so take it with a grain of salt. But, but you can just kind of tell there's just something about Rashad White and just seeing that, that that you know catch and go on that screen uh matt was was pretty impressive yeah i believe after he made the play i said ah screen rashad white first of many yes <laughs> first of exactly many to come. the only thing that's stopping rashad white and i don't really have an issue with it but not a lot of bucks fans and and just people in general love the number 29 on yeah it's awful rashad number. white bailey <laughs> bailey was not was not a big fan of it yeah i'm okay with it it reminds well the Jets had this player, Bilal Powell, who was like yeah, a serviceable right, yeah. running yeah. back. But the Bucks obviously want Rashad White to be a lot more than just Bilal Powell. Right. But I think it also opens the door for there hasn't really been a superstar number 29 running back. You, Maybe you Rashad to, White can number. be that guy. Make it, yeah. Yeah, make it his number. Speaking of numbers, uh, you obviously want to have the right dollars and cents when you are managing your money. And the best place to go and do that would be a Muni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy for you. Thank you, thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? 
Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Folks, I always say you got to get to Colorado. And what I mean by that is, is having the freedom to travel in your golden years, right? Whenever you retire, to be able to, to see the grandkids whenever you want, to be able to tour the world and, and uh, enjoy, uh, you know, your retirement. That's what you work for, right? And the, the only way that happens is if you manage your wealth correctly and if you plan ahead and stay ahead. And that's where Muni Financial comes into play. Now, listen, between now and then, because retirement might be a long ways off for somebody out there listening. I'm 50. I'm a workaholic. I'm going to be working probably for the next 20, 25 years. I would cover the Buccaneers back in 1995. So that's my plan, right? But at the same time, there's going to be a time when I decide to call it quits. And I just know the folks at Immunity Financial have helped me plan ahead to stay ahead. So in between retirement and now, there's other things, college savings accounts for your kids, making sure that, that they can chase their dreams as well. Uh, brokerage and advisory services. If you want to get involved in stocks or mutual funds and then insurance folks, the people at Immuni Financial, David, Mark, everybody over there, they're the best in the business. Do what I did. Let them help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864 or visit immuni.com. And Scott, uh, another player that is going to be looking for uh, big money this year and to go to Muni Financial and and uh, spread around that money in, in different ways is Jamel Dean, who we spoke with yes. today. And, you know, I, I was thinking about it with Jamel Dean because there's a couple players in his situation on the Bucks this year, mostly in the secondary too, with Sean yeah. Murphy bunting as well and Mike Edwards, where they're in a contract year, they're playing for that, that next big contract. And they saw it right in front of them, obviously, uh, with Carlton Davis getting his deal this offseason. But I was thinking for Dean, you know, he's in a position where out of I'm just strictly talking about those three players. Yeah. You know, he's had the most experience as a full time starter. You know, SMB has been in that slot, but he struggled there. Sure, there was injuries, but, you know, he struggled there. The Bucks have used other players in that nickel corner right. position. Jamel Dean has pretty much been the number two corner opposite. Uh, of Carlton Davis and Mike Edwards. While there's a lot of things we really like about him, the way that he's able to take away the ball, this is the first time that he's actually being a, a full-time starter. And we right. talked about before where there's the insurance policy, where mm -hmm. if, if Edwards struggles, you put in Keanu Neal. If, if SMB struggles, that's why you have Logan Ryan there. For Jamel Dean, I think he's got the the clearest path to getting a second contract, whether it's with the Bucks, obviously financially wise, we'll see whether it's with the Bucks or with, with another team, mm -hmm. because there's not really a threat to his job. Not that I really thought going into the season that there would be because he, he's right. been a solid corner, mm -hmm. but you know, outside in terms of outside cornerbacks, you have Mel Dean. DJ has had a very good OTAs, but he's a journeyman corner and Zion McCollum. We talked a lot about him on the podcast where, there's a lot of exciting potential, but he's coming from Sam Houston. He was a, a fifth-round pick and still has a lot of development to go. So I think right. Jamel Dean has just the clearest path 
clearest road to just, all right, you only you can get in your own way because right. things are lining up for you to go and, uh, you know, get that second contract. Yeah, I agree. And and I think that uh, the, the biggest thing for Dean, Matt, is is, is getting the interceptions, right? That yes. that's that's the one area he improved in coverage, right? I mean, PFF loved him. They they gave him phenomenal grades down the stretch. He's shown going back to his rookie year, he can he can knock the ball away, but he he's got to come up with some interceptions, right? And and I think that he, you know if you look back at at the the 2020 season, he only had one interception. It was a big one. It was against Aaron Rodgers for a pick six. He had the one against the the Miami Dolphins uh, that was a, a big play. But mm-hmm. the one that he let get away was in week three against the Rams, right? That was that was oh, a, a possibly yeah. big momentum-changing play early in the first quarter. Then he exits with, with injuries. I will say this. Dean got dinged up a lot last year. Mm-hmm. And we kind of heard through the grapevine that he had to toughen up a little bit. Right. And I think he did. I think he shrugged off some of those injuries. Right. Because are you injured or are you or hurt? hurt? Right. There's there's a difference. Injuries. Th- that's what keeps you out. Right? That's why they call it injured reserve. They don't call it hurt reserve. Right. It's injured reserve. If you're hurt, you can play through that. And I think that's what we saw Dean do is he stepped up last year, shrugged off some of those injuries. He had a concussion. He had a shoulder injury. Right. He had yeah. uh, a knee injury. So the. You know, he was dealing with a lot. He was a gamer. He kept bouncing back and getting back in there. I thought he ended the season really well. Like Carlton Davis, this guy has got to do a better job of catching the ball and and, and having fewer pass breakups and just more interceptions. That seems to be the theme for a lot of players in the secondary outside of Mike Edwards. Here's Jamel Dean just talking about his approach for this year going into uh, a contract season. About it and just got there and played football. How, how do you-, uh, you know, I use it as motivation because I'm treating it as if this could be my possible, my my last year probably ever playing football again, so can't take anything for granted, so I just got to give it my all. Is it different than a year ago or anything like that? Or is that something new for this year? Uh, I did towards like the second half of the season, but this year is like, yeah, now it's for real now. <laughs> So I just got to just, you know, improve my game just so I could just leave this energy off a good note. Interesting again, too. Sorry, Scott. The way that he was like, this could be my last time playing football ever. It's like, is Jamel Dean going to retire after the season? I don't think that's the case. But I don't know. That definitely stuck out. Well, I mean, for example, like Charles Sims, Jason Light's first running back, drafted in the third round of of the 2014 season. He played four years in Tampa and then didn't get re-signed, didn't sign anywhere else, right? So there's no guarantees that that you're going to get a second contract, whether it's in Tampa Bay or or anywhere else. He's got to play well, and I think he will. I I think he's a young talent that will be re-signed by the Buccaneers, but then again, how much, right? That's the big question. But and, and if it seemed a little off-putting that Jamel Dean was like, well, no, I'm really going to try this year, right, because I'm in a contract year. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I, I've been around this for almost three decades. And when you come into the league, you you have that sense of, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be a 10-year veteran. I might end up in the Hall of Fame. That's just kind of how a lot of these guys think. And that's an alpha mentality. And and and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that with that confidence. At the same time, um, 
that can work against you a little bit because the sense of urgency is not there like it is with a Will Golston who's already got 10 years in, signed a one-year deal. This could be Will Golston's last year for real, right? Because yeah. he's at the twilight of his career. Same with Tom Brady. You get that sense of urgency from the older veterans, not from the younger guys. And I think that's that's why every good team has veterans on there to tell the rookies, hey, man, like, don't take it for granted. You know, I mean, we went to the Super Bowl two years ago. We came close, you know, last year with 13 and four. It doesn't mean a damn thing. We could be, you know, we we, we could have injuries and, uh, you know, lose Tom and, 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 and not even make the playoffs. I mean, everything's on the table. So I do think, and my question to Jamel Dean was, uh, how do you, how do you use the contract? Do you use it as an incentive, or do you not want to get freaked out about it so you just kind of forget it? He said he's using it as an incentive. He also said, watching his good friend Carlton Davis, who he's known since high school, they went to to, uh, to Auburn together, yeah. um, get that big deal is incentive, even more motivation for Jamel Dean to have a good year this year in his contract season. Well, if you want to have an incentive to have a good time, uh, that incentive would be going to Pin Chasers, which has multiple locations. As you see on the screen here, you have one in uh, East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown Tampa, and uh, Veterans in Tampa. They have one pretty close to the Ivan Hell Training Center where the Bucks have their practices and where we talk to the players and coaches. But Pin Chasers, it's a great night out with friends, with family. You can book your kid's birthday party there. They have all of the lanes. They have an arcade as well, too. So your kids can go back and forth between bowling and going to the arcade center. The food is extremely underrated. You see the pizza there. Their wings are great. They got awesome nachos. And the waiters and waitresses bring it right to you. You don't even have to get up. But another great thing about Pin Chasers, too, is they have different deals all the time and essentially every single night. They got all-you-can-eat pizza. They got all you can bowl. They got Dollar Miller Lights. They got brunch on the weekend. So there is a deal out there for you. Just make sure you go to pinchasers.net to find out about all the deals that they have and to reserve a lane or book a party. Again, that is pinchasers.net. And shout out to Anthony, who is a huge Bucks fan. He's the owner of Pinchasers. He loves the Bucks. So you're helping out a fellow Bucks fan by going to Pinchasers. Speaking of help, Buccaneer fans, we need your help. We're on our way to 9,000. YouTube subscribers on our Peter Report TV channel. So before we sign off today, please do us a big favor by subscribing to Peter Report TV. We greatly appreciate it. And also hit the like button on our videos, on the interview snippets that Matt puts up on our YouTube channel for the Peter Report podcast. Any video content you see on our YouTube channel, please hit the like button. That helps our algorithm, helps us get in front of more awesome Peter people like you. We greatly appreciate it. And if you've done so in the past, please continue to do it. Uh, they all add up, and we greatly appreciate your support. Matt, this was a big, busy, uh, I was going to say Monday, but it's Tuesday. So it was so busy, we didn't even have a chance to do roll call uh, because there was no Monday because of obviously Memorial Day. We wanted to do it today, but just a jam-packed show. But we'll do roll call again next Monday. So make sure that uh, that you're, you're tuning in at 4 o'clock, actually 4.20, on Monday where we do roll call and that's where you get to tell us where you're from. And we appreciate everybody listening from around the Tampa Bay area, from around Florida, from around the country and Matthew from around the world. 
internationally. We got fans all over the place, and that is so awesome. We appreciate all you guys. So that'll do it for today's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everyone, for watching, and we'll be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Have a good day.